You're listening to the Big Finish Podcast. Of all the places we could have gone, a whole new universe to explore, and you bring me to a car boot sale. It's far more than that, and you know it. This podcast is launching on the 1st of September, 2019. And here's what's coming up. <laughs> we plug Torchwood One Latter Days with clips and interviews. Oh, we answer your emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com. We go behind the scenes with Billy Piper and her Dimension Cannon. Oops. Goodness me. Bang! <laughs> and we offer you 25% off a randomly selected Big Finish release. And we dramatise you with the first 15 minutes of Bernice Summerfield buried... Oh, sorry. Buried memories. <laughs> That's like no, we, dead and buried. We, we haven't buried Bernice Summerfield. No, she's, she's quite all right. Nick and Benji. Hello! Just in case you didn't know, we at Big Finish are the proud purveyors Mm. of the finest audio drama and audio books this side of the other side. (laughs) I'm Benji Clifford and he's Nick Briggs. How's your summer been, Nick? Well, it's been... Has it gone? I don't know. The summer, all the seasons are different now, aren't they? Really, we're, we're just living in a sort of pre-global warn, warming, <laughs> global warning, global warming um, perception of the world, aren't we? We're persisting in thinking that seasons are the way they used to be, and not every anymore. year we get surprised by, oh, well, it's not sunny enough. Well, why is it sunny in September? And all this kind of nonsense. Well, it's raining a lot. All oh, the the weather's extreme. What's happening? Uh, we got into the cycle down here. I live on the, the south coast. We got into this cycle of um, the a weather bicycle. being sort of a bicycle, where it would rain in the morning. Like there'd be like a shower that lasts maybe two minutes, and then there'd just be sun for the rest of the day. And that was that was just the cycle. It would be like, oh, it's raining now, right? Be sunny soon. And it every single day is so bizarre. Over to Michael Fish for some analysis. I can't see that happening. <laughs> That's my fish impersonation. <laughs> Michael the fish. Um, yeah. I, I worked with a, an old producer who I'm always quoting, uh, it, uh, Colin McIntyre, and he always used to insist that in, if we were doing like a period thriller that we all said bicycle rather than bicycle. A bicycle. Bicycle. Because apparently that's what people used to call it when they first came along, bicycles. They called them bicycles as opposed to the, you know... I don't know I why. I thought of you actually last night because um, I was watching the the third and final episode of the New Dad's Army, which is on gold, oh, which is I fantastic. don't have gold, so. oh. it's very very good. But I thought of you because one of the actors in there who was not one of the main cast. He said the word harassed, and oh. I thought, oh, he would not. He would have said harassed. He wouldn't he would have, have said, said harassed. Yes. I thought. Oh, I thought. Dear, oh dear. Or it might be harassed or harassment. Yeah. Harassment. It's harassment. I thought. I thought of you though. Well, certainly in the Second World War, they would have said that. But of course, when, I don't know, it depends. Certainly in the 70s, people started saying harassed because of, um, it ain't, it ain't our fault. Well, no, what's it called? Look, look, mum, I'm stupid. No, what was it? What was it called? <laughs> <laughs> that thing with Michael, um, oh, I can't remember anything. The thing with Some Michael. mothers do have them. <laughs> oh, yeah, Betty. Yeah. Not look, Mum, I'm stupid. Oh, harassed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, that's a <laughs> Look, Mother, what was it? Look, Mum, I'm stupid. <laughs> <laughs> what 
What is the matter Stupid with uh, The summer, though. Well, you know. I did go on holiday for, for four mm. days to Bournemouth. Did you, you paddled in the sea, didn't you? I did piddle, paddle in the sea. <laughs> yes, I only paddled. I didn't piddle. Not in the sea. <laughs> well, obviously, you know, there was some piddling. As there yeah. is every day in my life. The, of, course, of course, that's part of Just wanted to clear that up in case people... Yes, do clear it up some, with a mop some... and uh, a bucket. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Oh. What was your summer like? I had a very nice summer. Worked for half of it. And then the, the latter part, I sort of wound down a little bit. Um, obviously, yeah, I, I got sunburnt on my forehead. Um, oh, I, it's looking yeah, all right now. It's fine now, it's fine now. But yeah. You put a bit of cream sunbur- on, did you? Oh yes, yes. I a little bit of. I was watching the aeroplanes, you see, and uh, it was it was an air show. And my forehead got burnt. Um, and I've just finished an incendiary device on your forehead. I don't know what that noise was. But no, I've had a, I've had a very nice time. You know, I, I, I don't. I love I love the summer, but I I kind of like the the beginning and the end of summer because I like it when it's just not swelteringly hot. I I kind of like I like it when you can go outside and things look sunnier than they are because then you get all the feel good factor of everything looking nice, mm. um, but you're not sort of sitting there feeling absolutely boiling. I'm quite partial to a jacket, you know. I feel yes, without yes. a jacket, I feel somewhat uh, somewhat not right. So, uh, you know, I, I don't mind so much when it comes to the tail end. But I've had a nice summer. Well, that's good. Well, as you know, I, I'm very partial to a jacket. And in the summer, jackets, I wear... <laughs> jacket taste I, you've got. I wear um, a linen jacket in the, yeah. in the summer, don't I? Yeah. Very, very Roger Moore. <laughs> a safari suit. A safari suit. <laughs> Nicholas Briggs wears a safari <laughs> suit. With four <laughs> buttons up the front. No, I don't wear that. Um, but, um, and one of my uh, linen jackets, it went, I'll be, because I have a, a rucksack with my computers, <laughs> plural, in, you know, I wore out the shoulder, the left shoulder of one. It was all getting a bit threadbare. Oh I'll still, still wear it around the house. In yeah. the shed, you know, but I won't take it out much unless you know. It can be your sort of your Wurzel Gummidge look. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Cup of tea Sh- and a shabby chic. <laughs> <laughs> but I bought another one, almost oh, exactly the nice. same. So nobody knows I've bought a new one because I just look the same, just the same. And that's the joy of it all, though, isn't it? If you can find something that nobody knows, it's like shoes, isn't it? If you can get a good pair of shoes that you like that look identical, nobody need know. Well, unfortunately, I did buy shoes. I had to buy some shoes, but they they're very different. They're um, stilettos and um, some platforms. No, I'm just <laughs> well, you know, stiletto. I think normally people don't notice. I mean, with next door's cat, it was a bit more difficult, but we all laugh about that now. <laughs> It was a joke, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Next door's cat. I, I can confirm that Willy 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 the cat's next door is fine. Willy Willy Willy. That's his name. Yeah. Every Three morning. Willies. Every every morning, the person feeding the cat goes Willy Willy Willy. <laughs> like that, and then we know. <laughs> but is it just called Willy? Yes. But, oh right, but, I thought it was called but, Willy Willy Willy. But, but I just bit. call it Willy 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 now. Well, yes. Imagine being called Nick Nick Nick. Benji Benji Benji. Yeah. That'd be interesting. That's something to do in a sci-fi script, isn't it? Have people with, yeah. That's, hmm. Um, I was going to say about the whole temperature thing. I often think, oh, I don't like it when it's hot. But I realise the older I get, the more comfortable I am in the heat, and the more I, d- I quite like you know none of the hassle of having to 
because as you get older you really feel the cold mm, it seems imagine, to get yes. into your bones and it makes you miserable and actually just being able to for me to just walk down to the shed even today which is it's start you know slightly clouding over now a bit of rain around I've just stroll down I've not got any socks on just got my slippers on you know just nice easy ride nice easy ride I can't believe ride. I'm saying this in a podcast what's the matter with me Dear anyway me. I suppose we better press on yes well in the spirit of saying things three times uh, time now to give something a big old plug 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 <laughs> <laughs> this week it's um, the uh, Torchwood 1 release Latter Days coming out later this month Wrap your ear things around this lovely bit of plugging, previewing niceness. Hello? Yes, put me through to Yvonne. Yvonne? Oh, look, I know this is Torchwood. Gareth David Lloyd, I play Yanto Jones. Tim Bentink, I play Tommy. Barnaby Edwards, I direct them. Can you describe Tommy, please? Oh, um, stuck in his ways, product of the 80s. I'd say um, not very PC, but above all that, very lovable. Like you're like, like you're an inappropriate granddad. I love Tommy, and I love the way that it's written. I think Gareth's done a fantastic job on the script. It's very, it's very funny, and it's kind of scary too. I mean, it's got a wonderful mixture of humour and and you know really kind of quite terrifying moments in it. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions, Torchwood One, Latter Days. Yeah. I remember now, in the lockers, I left something in locker 15. Dave Cook was the last person to access locker 15, and now he can't remember how it's secured. Yes, well, Tommy's working on that. Gareth, in terms of writing this, uh, what drew you to writing an entire episode about Tommy, basically? Um, I, I, I just felt the character was a bit chipped in the, in the, in the other um, episodes. Um, I, I loved the way um, Tim played him. I, I just thought there was loads more scope. I mean, obviously, he's, he's an older character. He's, he's one of the um, oldest Torture members. So he's got, you know, he's been to have lots and lots of history. So I was excited to sort of delve into that and uh, see what makes him tick. Is there a secret to directing something that is more comedic? Well, I think the, that unless you're doing something that's a flat-out farce, I think the, the most important thing is that you play the highs and lows of the roller coaster ride of a script like this. So you go for it with the comedy things, but you can't get a payoff on the comedy things unless you play the full pathos. So what's particularly great about about everyone in this in this particular script is that you know there are moments of seriousness and there are moments of genuine sort of heartbreaking. This is what Tommy's life was like before. How close are you now? Sight of locker 15. I can't. Can't. Not again. Retrieval team to the basement. We need a medivac now. Whole idea about Yanto uh, um, living out his fantasy as a sort of a secret agent. Um, that's been in my mind for a while, ever since um, uh, it's been put into other scripts about Yanto having a, a James Bond lunchbox and <laughs> you know a, 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 a Star Star Wars quilt or something in one of the episodes. Um, so yeah, I, I wanted to sort of explore Yanto's fantasy world as well, his Tom, Tommy's fantasy world, and it was always a bit risky, especially when you put, when you put, when you put in Yanto and Yvonne together in some of the situations they get into. And oh God, Yvonne is going to. I did not know you could drive snow bike. Oh. Neither did I. 
I'm hit! Big finish. We love stories. Oh my goodness! Oh, mother! Have you finally gone mad? And you can order Torchwood 1, Arsenal nil. that's at latter days. <sighs> same joke um by going to the bigfinish.com website or website as i've written in the script <laughs> the website the website the opposite side to the website has gone to the other side <laughs> the web side <laughs> and when you get to the web the website touchwood <laughs> type in latter days into the search engine you know the little bit at the top with the um magnifying glass I just did a little drawing of a magnifying Thanks, glass in the air with my finger. <laughs> and you were nodding, like, yeah, yeah I know yeah, what you mean, yeah. Nick. Yeah. So I'm with you. I'm with you on this one. It's all lost on audio, though. Uh, or or you can look up the Torchwood One range under the audiobooks tab. That's um, at the top. <laughs> Doing it with my finger again. It's at the top. Yeah, just on the left there. Just press that. Boom! There are all the ranges. And you'll find that it's the latest release there. Magic absolute perfection but now of course after far too long an absence it's time to return to listeners emails well as you knew I once oh. loved emails I love them so much but oh. the summer's come and gone and I'm a changed man now oh what no 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 it's all about faxes <laughs> love a fax faxes well, these, these are faxes just oh, well, well, we'll lie to him it'll be fine so, yes, well, I mean, I suppose they are. Now, I love an email uh, and a fax and a page. And if you want a page for email fax in, but preferably email in, um, you can do it at podcast at bigfinish.com. That's podcast at, that's the squiggly A, uh, bigfinish.com. Now, this one is first here, uh, is from Nathan Gervais. Hi, Nick and Benji. I hope your respective summers have been dandy ones. Loved, loved, loved Legacy of Time and felt like the sacrifice of Joe Grant is one of the best hours of audio uh, that has been produced in years. From the moment Osgood had trouble breathing when she realised she was speaking to the third doctor, I started getting misty. And as the production moved forward... The waterworks really kicked in. It's very moving. It's, it's very, you know. It is. Uh, uh, just gorgeous stuff. And Nick, uh, it was really great hearing you work in your natural voice. Oh, my natural I voice. I knew it sounded like you, but wasn't completely sure uh, it was you until the credits. Lovely work. That's all right. I played some unit bloke in it. Yeah, he does have a real voice, don't you, somewhere? Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nick has to just turn off the ring modulator when he talks to normal people. <laughs> yes. Um, anyway, we um, are the masters of Earth. <laughs> we are the masters of Earth. And if you want to do that last line, you have to go really close to the microphone to make it slightly distort. The masters of Earth. <laughs> I always picked up on that as a kid. I thought, oh, you can just hear the microphone being like, no, stop, stop, please. It's too much. Um, <laughs> Pressing on, anyway, pressing on. Mm, yes, yes, yes. Uh, anyway, uh, so I, uh, I I know we have our classic Doctor New Monsters box sets with may, uh, maybe on the way. Yes, yes. Uh, but have you all ever considered doing a Master-centric version of it? The McQueen version of the Master versus the Silence, mm-hmm. the Gomez version versus the Weeping Angels, and so forth. Could be fun. 
Could. Yeah, could. I'll feed that into the Big Finish Digest. (laughs) Such an efficient little device, isn't it? Yes. Really is. Well, that's it anyway. Oh, and I pre-ordered the FDAs through series 11 and 12. Uh, I think four years is the furthest out I've ever ordered anything. That's the fourth Doctor Adventures, isn't it? Yeah. It certainly is. Thanks for clearing that one up, Nick. Oh, How far it, ahead are you all with Tom, and does he just live in the studio? <laughs> so that's it, for real. I hope uh, you all are well and Big Finish goes for at least another 20 years. Best, Nathan Gervais from New Orleans, LA. Well... Nathan, uh, lovely to hear from you again. Always lovely to hear from you. Uh, how far? I don't know how many. I think we're up until 2025 with Tom. Yeah, we'll probably try to go further. Uh, yeah. Wow. Series 11 and 12. Can't even remember. I'm, I'm listening to the edits for the next series, you know, with Romana and Adric and K9. Just got reminded today by Jamie Robertson, you know. Can you get on and listen to those, please, and give me some notes? Oh, yes, sorry. Good old Jamie. Anyway, here's one from Ian Branch. He won a competition, basically. That's what I'm saying. Lovely chap. Lucky man. Yeah, he was at Big Finish Day. Said hi to him then. We've been in touch by email. Well, anyway, let me read out his email. He says, "Uh, Hi, Nick. I would like to say a very big thank you for such a wonderful day at the Soundhouse Studios to view the making of The Prisoner, Volume 3. My mother and myself were treated so kindly by both yourself, actors, and the staff of the Soundhouse Studios. It certainly was a day to remember. I most definitely won the gold ticket to the chocolate factory. <laughs> uh, I myself am in awe of what goes into such a production. The skills that are required are top-notch. Seeing how the actors translated from page to performance in an instant left me amazed. The day has only gone towards me appreciating Big Finish even more so. I look forward to hearing the stories from Volume 3 of The Prisoner. There are in November, folks. This, of course, can only be done with an even broader smile on my face. I will also be recalling the fun involved as the scenes were recorded. Thank you again from a fan who will be forever grateful and true to Big Finish. Kind regards, Ian Branch. I can't tell you what a pleasure it was. He came along, um, and his mother came along too. Ian, and her name was Barbara. Ian and Barbara. Ian and Barbara. Very Doctor Who, I thought. I didn't even make that joke at the time. What was the matter with me? You should have done. I was too busy concentrating on directing The Prisoner. But they were the perfect guests. They, They sat in the control room all day. And they had the script in front of them, and they were they were following it all in the script. And uh, and you forget, you see, you get used to how brilliantly talented people are, and how you know, like Mark Elstob never puts a foot wrong, you know, playing the prisoner. And of course, you know, it was an amazing thing because for them, they, they'd never seen this process happening. And one of the people, um, Lorelai King, who was playing uh, one of the number twos, she said that. It made it really special for her that they were there because she said it was a, it was in a small way like having an audience and it made you mm. sort of you felt you were performing to to other people and she really liked that when i asked her what was her standout moment of the day a highlight of the day she said it was it was having ian and barbara there which was lovely i don't think Aww. i don't think you knew that ian but it is in the behind the scenes um 
special stuff on the end of each disc uh, for the series coming up where, where Lorelei says that. So I suppose it brings out the best in you, it. doesn't it? It brings out, you know, when you've got that audience and a chance to, to, you know, make somebody smile and enjoy themselves. I mean, I said to them at the beginning of the day, I said, I hope you enjoy it. I'm worried you'll think it's like watching paint dry, but, uh, <laughs> but luckily they didn't think that. <laughs> But is it? I mean, I remember the first time I went into the studio and saw it all happening, and it, it is fascinating. And, and I think that the thing that always daunts me is just the the, the speed in which things we turn things around, mm. and that and that that brilliant, you know. And I mean, I've been to the studio countless times now, but I, I, it's always the same, especially when like, new actors come in for the first time, and that, and it's so it's just a really it's such a good vibe like i just always think it's so welcoming and people are very much that come in and it's right you're okay da, 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 let's do this and everybody just always always delivers the goods it's brilliant well and that welcoming people is vital i mean i can't i can't i have done other jobs where people aren't like that and you think what you just make everyone unhappy and people are no longer creative because they kind of freeze up inside when you wonder and you wonder if you've done something wrong don't you yeah how can you give of your best when you're feeling like that I, I you know so I mean obviously we want to be nice to people just for the sake of being nice but at the same time you know there's a a sort of selfish reason for it because it helps everyone to give better performances which are just better for the production definitely you know, so many of the cast of The Prisoner said it's not like a job this we're just having such a blast and I think that that vibe as well. That's just throughout Big Finish. It's just ev- that's everywhere. Everywhere I've been, it's been the exact same thing. The end of the day, there's never that feeling of like, oh, it's been a long, long old slog today. It's five o'clock. You know, everybody's like, oh, right, okay, brilliant. Thank you so much. And a lot of the you know, people say, right, well, hope to be back again soon, or I'll see yeah. you. And it's just nice. It's just it's lovely, lovely, isn't it? Oh, it's very, makes you happy to be alive. It, it, when you think about it, it is, you think about it, you think, oh, that's so nice. It's so lucky to be involved in something with it, where creativity is a positive Gosh, thing. yes. You've got to love it, haven't you? I mean, what is the point of doing it if you don't love it? You know? Yes, well, quite, quite. Well, moving on with these yes. emails. Uh, this one here is from The Outsider. What? <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, May I start off with effervescent praise for Big Finish? Yes. I've just finished listening to Legacy of Time. As I gushed on Lisa Bauman's Facebook page, it is now the definitive Doctor Who anniversary special in any medium. Absolutely astonishing. Any was in capitals. Oh, well, there we go. In (laughs) any medium. Any! 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 (laughs) <laughs> Masters of Earth! <laughs> yes, as you can tell, we've we've got a lot of steam to let loose after the summer. Um, this is my first time writing into They're the podcast, up, yeah. um, which uh, I not only listen to every week, but also I'm working through the back catalogue of podcasts as well. Well Blimey, done. You've got a, lot, a few years to go. Um, <laughs> I have so many questions for you, but I'm going to limit them to two per email, but expect many emails from me in the future on the website. Um, So (laughs) here are the first two questions from The Outsider. Oh, The Outsider. Oh, (laughs) Tenet. On the website. 
<laughs> uh, many of your novels are out of print, not yes. offered as e-books. Why is that? Yes, I can track them down on eBay and Amazon, but uh, for a pretty penny. But I'd rather see my money go directly to you. Oh, well, um, I don't really know. I think it's a combination of uh, rights issues and also uh, just time, energy and labour uh, getting someone to turn them into ebooks as well mm-hmm. but I'll look into that thank you thank you to the outsider uh, number two uh, somewhat similar uh, I can't even speak to similarly. that um, I, uh, similarly um, I love the big Finnish music releases which oh, okay. are well, also oof, um, yet not digital, available digitally why are they not available for download and why aren't there more of these releases when there's so much wonderful music on your audio dramas that's a good point I mean you know I've got a rubbish answer which is we just haven't got round to it really <laughs> there's a few things floating around I know that Jamie um, Robertson has Put recently uploaded some music to Spotify um, if you explore on SoundCloud you can find some music as well um, but yeah, yeah no we should probably get probably get round to that I've got a few things I, I strangely enough I make when I do my music I tend to make a little sort of mini track list of all my stuff anyway mm. so i should probably put something up anyway but yeah why not i mean i tell you one one thing one reason we stopped doing music releases we did them very early on and they just didn't sell at all and we made a big fuss of them and you know no uh, nobody well not many people bought them so yeah, i think it's that's a, it's a tricky one you know but maybe it's worth trying again something to consider I suppose yeah. well that's all for now thank you gentlemen and as Tom Baker said on his recent season 7 Blu-ray release thank goodness for big finish <laughs> L the outsider thank you very much outsider appreciate that one most stupendously I suspect Tom said so many things about Big Finish and they got sick and tired of editing them out and so finally left <laughs> that one in. <laughs> uh, right, and finally this one from Aaron Propes. Propes? Propes? I don't know. Uh, greetings, Benji and Nick. I just finished listening to Transference and loved it. I enjoyed that uh, Transference is one of the Big Finish originals, the latest one, starring Alex Kingston. I enjoyed the twists and turns of the story, and Alex Kingston did a fantastic job separating herself from her River Song character. She's a phenomenal actor, can do so much. I'm a burgeoning mystery reader, and really enjoyed being able to mix that with my bicycle commute, or bicycle commute, to and from work. But it also got me thinking, full stop, is that the end of your thoughts? No. There's more. There's another paragraph. Now, I'm sure you all just love to hear people bark out suggestions on new audio lines. And I'm sure you love, (laughs) this is all written in (laughs) italics, hearing suggestions about American products. But can I do it anyway? A few years ago, a friend introduced me to the Rex Stout series of novels about Nero Wolf. Any the wiser, Benji? Nay. Nay, 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 brother. Uh, If I was to do a one-sentence summary that might make sense, take Avon from Break 7... Break 7... Breaks... He breaks seven people. (laughs) Breaks seven cups. Avon? And and turn him into a fat American reclusive noir (laughs) detective. Did that stir anything? I like stuff like that. Stirs the soup. Um, 
I really hope it did. The mysteries are smart, the dialogue is sharp and pointed, and many people consider this Rex Stout the best mystery writer of all time. I could see this playing well with your existing Sherlock Holmes fan base, of which I count myself. It's good to count yourself, isn't it? In the morning, you just go, one! Um... <laughs> Regardless of heeding my suggestions or not, please do keep up the good work. I look forward to each new release you all put out. Oh, I see. Uh, best regards, Aaron Propes, St. Paul, Minnesota, USA. Sigh, Earth. I'm always putting sigh <laughs> after UFO, UFO, USA. What am I talking about? Uh, can I follow the dolphins off planet? He asks yeah. at the end. I'll join you there. I'll join uh. you there. Now, uh, here are some Twitter questions. We put out oh, a yes, call to action. This was very popular, wasn't all. it? Yeah, to ask your burning questions. Uh, Big Finish writer Joe Lidster asked if he should have cereal or toast for breakfast. He's so funny. Um, but here are some others. Um, Jenny asked, Jenny Shirt, I presume. Yeah. Uh, would you ever do another musical story, a little like Doctor Who and the Pirates by Jack Rayner? I love that so much. There is something coming up, actually. So I'll say no more. Do you want to read the next one? Yes, Doctor Who and the Eurovision Song Contest. Um, <laughs> well, we did that. Bang, bang, and boom. Of course, yeah. <laughs> you did. Yeah, fair enough. Well, it fair was a play. sort of space version of the yeah, Eurovision. Yeah, same thing. Here's our good friend Simon Mallinson. Simon, who is uh, always a pleasure to see at events, as is Jenny. As is everybody. Um, well, apart from uh, you... <laughs> Apart from me, yes, I, I'm, I'm not very pleasant. I no, no, that person listening over there on the left. Oh, yeah. him. Oh, yeah. Why is why is that person in both your your shed and in my studio? <gasps> it's not the outsider. It's the insider. <laughs> Um, Simon here says, um, right. "Can we have Simon R. Green's Ghost Finders series done by Big Finish?" What's that? I don't know. I can assume you, it's people finding ghosts. Can you web webify it? I I reckon it's Simon's actually written it himself, hence the name Simon R. Green. I think he's just trying to get his own series made. Was it Ghost Finders? Yeah. I mean, I've got a I've got a theory what it might be about. <laughs> this is about a bunch of people that run a greengrocer's. Um, series is set in this. Uh, Ghost finders of a Karnaki Institute are here to do something about ghosts and live by the motto, we don't take any something rude from hereafter. They don't take this any series follows rude. a team of three ghost finders, the leader, JC Chance, who was touched by something from outside in a recent case and is still trying to determine what it all means. Mm. Well, just imagine, Simon, is what I say. Uh, the Who Society asked top three favourite Big Finish stories. Oh, blimey. Top three favourite Big Finish stories. Um, obviously, Chimes has to go in there because oh. um, first Dalek Empire, because oh. I've got such good memories of it. Um, and also, um, gosh, it might have to be Attagirl, actually. Oh, Attagirl. just Atarga, because I just love, I just love, I love that box set, but also I just love planes. Yeah, that's a big finish original. If you didn't know, it's yeah, about that's the a bit, um, see, uh, gone for female pilots in the Second World War. Um, I don't know. Personal one of mine, I think, Energy of the Daleks, which is the first one we did with Tom Baker. I'm very pleased with my little Dalek story there. Uh, I think everyone's heard it now. Um, Strontium Dog. 
Oh, either of that's, yeah. that's impressive. Yeah, yeah. You can't get them anymore, unfortunately, the 2000 AD ones, but that's absolutely uh, one of my absolute all-time favourites to listen to. And now I'm completely blinded by choice. How do you choose? It's very difficult. I mean, there's so many things I could say, you know, oh, things I've worked on, but I've yeah. tried to keep it outside of that. Oh, I just can't. <laughs> ah, Grand Theft Cosmos. Oh, well, yeah. Paul McGann. A good, yeah. a good old giggle, that one. It's by Eddie, Eddie Robson, isn't it? I think so, yes. It sounds certainly sounds like a good Eddie, Eddie Robson. Yes, it is. Yeah, I thought so. Just such fun. I mean, Definitely. a little egotistical of me because I directed it, but... Um, at least I think I did. I can't remember now. It could have been Barnaby Edwards. Anyway, I do love it. It's such a. It makes me laugh so much. It's such a caper. It was Barnaby Edwards. Was it? Uh, ah, yeah. well, I don't feel so bad for nominating it now. Then, yeah, beautiful but, yeah. work. Absolutely beautiful. I know why I remember it so well because I because actually Paul McGann and Sheridan Smith weren't available at the same time during that one that's the one where we i think where we biked sheridan in for 45 <laughs> minutes and she did the whole thing and i played um the doctor and everyone else for her and um and then i i played lucy miller for the for the recording and paul mcgann said it's as if she's in the room nick <laughs> taking the mickey out of me going all right doctor come on <laughs> it was amazing and that was when I, I remember listening to that one in the car with Alan Barnes you know the script oh. editor and he said to me um, my goodness he said you can really those two really bounce off each other really well They're, you know and I said they weren't you're there like mm. yeah. I said they weren't they didn't record it together mate he said, oh, what anyway no it's a lovely lovely script a beautiful casting by Barnaby and just yeah, I loved listening to that Grand Theft Cosmos by Eddie Robson oh Look, what? There's the Doctor and Lucy. Where? Don't look now! When he's bored of his artists, he goes out onto his balcony and eats them in front of a crowd. Blimey, Charlotte! Come on out! Good grief. What is it? The statue, it's moving! In fact, it's moved! I thought you were dead. Who told you that? No, I'm super. Never been better. I think it's time you backed off, Doctor. What could we do? I'll think of something. I must have misheard. Yeah. I mean, after all, Karen's dead does sound a lot like Karen's in Sweden in the late 1890s, doesn't it? What's that noise? I can't let it fall into the wrong hands. Nobody's going to recognise us. Just act casual. In fact, I can't let it fall into any hands. Oh, look over there. What? His works alter the fabric of the world around them. I just suddenly came over terribly faint. They have a malign influence on people. Not the guard out, pick the lock. Can't believe I fell for that. It's only a matter of time before it spills out into our universe, causing a collision of matter that will certainly kill us all. So, what are you saying? We are going to steal it first. Mm. Oh, anyway, uh, Andy R., who has terrible trouble with shoelaces, that's his <laughs> handle, uh, asks, why, why, why the reduction in individual artwork for stories, e.g. the Seventh Doctor, New Adventures, the Further Adventures of Lucy Miller, the Sixth Doctor and Perry, the Companion Chronicles, the New Doctor Chronicles, etc. Sorry, that's uh, a few whys. Um, uh, John Ryan uh, went, went into bat for us there and, and said, it's Brexit. And it's sort of right. Uh, the physical costs 
of producing CDs and packaging have been rising quite sharply over the last few years and, and more so uh, since the Brexit vote um, because of materials coming from uh, outside the UK and therefore you know the, the pound's buying power being less because the currency has fallen on the international markets. Um, but even aside from that, costs have been rising and so we've had to find, rather than passing those costs on to you the listeners and customers we've tried to find ways of saving money so we think you know do do we really need four separate covers for a box set let's just have one uh, that that's and the booklets and all that um, so yes and we're also thinking about the whole impact of plastic uh, which is yeah. worrying us a lot um, but anyway that's an ongoing discussion so yeah there you are Andy R that's um the boring answer. Talking of John Ryan, Benji, what's he asked? Yes, I've got one here from John Ryan as well. Um, would you ever be interested in developing a range for primarily uh, younger audience slash families, shows like Paddington or such like? Well, that's interesting. Um, we'd have to do a lot of market research and f- of finding that audience. But I, I think it would work. Out. I think it'd be brilliant. I think. I think as well. Um, something like Thomas and Friends, which is obviously like an absolutely ti- Titanic-sized uh, um, children's television show, would absolutely just work like a dream for audio drama. In but fact, I, just I remember. Go on. Sorry. I remember as a, as, as a young child listening to these very old uh, audio tapes with, of it, cassette tapes with, with Johnny Morris. John, it wasn't no, no. I don't know who it was. It was very, these are very, you know, uh, very old-fashioned. Uh, well, that Johnny Morris recorded all the Thomas stories on records. Really, well, you know could, could, uh, Johnny Morris from Animal Magic. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know if it, it does. That name doesn't ring a bell though. Because he used to do all voices for the animals, you know. Of course, yeah. He used to visit the zoo and when he go, "Hello, I'm a lion. A lion. I don't know what a lion is. I've never been to a zoo. Um." Mm, okay, Definitely it's a difficult. Good, good it's a hard one to to work Kids out. Kids watch the YouTube for. now, you know. They don't L- younger children though. Yeah. You know, car journeys. Yeah, maybe. Oh yes, I feel. Uh, Daniel Strut asks: Have you uh, considered ending the main range in favour of box sets? I think BF is at its best when you span a bigger arc over multiple box sets. Uh, see, a fourth and eighth doctors. Um, we have considered it. It's something we're still considering. How about that? Right. To the point there, Nick. Um, Cameron asks, uh, what's your dream Big Finish story and which actors, alive or dead, uh, would you have starring alongside you? Well, my dream Big Finish story would be to do Star Trek of some kind. That'd be I great, would love to it? do that. Starring alongside me, Gene Hackman. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow okay what about you I think I'd have to go I'd have to go for Cat Weasel I'd love oh. I would I would have loved us to do a Cat Weasel with Jeffrey Bailden I'll, yeah. I'll just be Touchwood I'll just occasionally go you know Ribbit I'll just say that that'll do or I'll be or I'll be Carrot and say things like that because everything he says in that is it's all talked a bit like that isn't it he's what are you doing over there. well he's, he's got a slight twinge where he's sort of what are you doing over there? <laughs> it's got a twinge. I've got a twinge. Don't, don't pick up that telephone. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'd love that one. But yeah, Star Trek would be rocking, wouldn't it? Thomas asks, 
Would you rather have fish for hands or be trapped in Ikea for three years? Trapped in Ikea for three years? Same here. Look, in, in those three years, think of the amount of beds that you could just... That, you know, there's hundreds of choices. You could sleep in a different bed every night. You could sit and watch the pretend television. You could cook <laughs> on a pretend <laughs> cooker for three years. A cardboard screen. Reminds me of a great, uh, a really, really good uh, Chucklevision episode from the 90s. You sure where, there was um, one? Definitely was one where they um, they they had to, they got trapped and had to spend the night in the equivalent of B and Q, and it was just so brilliant because they they sort of they used they were having baths in the bath areas and then they they slept in a tent and they had breakfast on the camping stove. It was, just, it was incredibly well done. It was really funny. Uh, sounds terrible. Uh. Swine voted the most popular children's television program on cbbc of by all you. time yeah. no yeah. Uh, it was in the guardian today was, uh, well, number one they've yep there we go uh, well um yes obviously ikea you don't want fish for hands that would be ridiculous think of the smell uh engelbert not humperdink asks when is the first blakey's seven audio <laughs> special being released <laughs> i hate you i hate, I hate you, you engelbert <laughs> I suppose ask Olive, really. She handles all our... Oh, Stan! Stan! Well, Uh, I don't know whether... A lot of you won't know what we're talking about. And, you know, let's just leave it that way. Katrina McWhirter asks... Do you think she's a relative of the famous McWhirters who used to work on the Guinness Book of Records? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, When will we hear your take on the Delgado Master? You will obey me there that, that was it there <laughs> that, was, that was the take that was it that's enough that's all we need uh, but we yeah we must do that um ma solco asks can you give us any hints on the future of the big finish originals range well uh it's up to you folks if you buy them uh the next one the final one is the human frontier which i'm writing at the moment and the release is uh, next year isn't it march i think better get on with it goodbye <laughs> Tom, Tom Garbutt says I've noticed Callan keeps getting pushed back is there a chance we might not see it I hope not there's no chance you won't see it Ben Miles keeps getting movies and TV series and can't record it you know so we're all of us including Frank Skinner are waiting for Callan Callan fantastic 60s and 70s spy gritty spy series that used get to be on involved. ITV and we've uh, done dramatizations of the original short stories and uh, the the writer's son peter mitchell has written for us and some of the best scripts that big finish has ever had and i have the privilege of being in it playing the character of hunter anyway uh yeah the the the, the next series will happen i'm so sorry for you and all the listeners that it hasn't happened but sorry for me because i have such fun doing it and finally, CJ McLaughlin asks, please could you play the old competition music for us? <laughs> hashtag blast from the past, hashtag happier times. Oh, well, just for Joe Lidster, here it is. that's it for the emails and twitter this month do keep them coming podcast at bigfinish.com 
com. Simple as that. Uh, and there'll uh, be a listener's email segment in each and every podcast for at least the next month or so. Uh, and probably beyond. Time now to go behind the scenes with Billy Piper and friends in Rose Tyler, the Dimension Canon. Hello, I'm David Richardson. I'm the producer of Rose Tyler, the Dimension Canon. Just recently, something has changed. One theory is that the walls between dimensions have got thinner somehow, thin enough to punch a hole in. And we have developed a machine that can do just that. We call it a Dimension Canon, because we could hardly call it a Dimension Hole Punch, could we? <laughs> Yeah, lovely. Thank you. This series actually started life as something else. I'd got in touch with Russell T. Davis and just floated the idea of possibly Big Finish making Rose Tyler Earth Defence, which was a spin-off series that um, Russell had devised for Billy Piper that had never got made. I think his idea was that um, after she left Doctor Who in 2006 that it might be an Easter special or something in 2007. That was my understanding anyway. So uh, it's widely known that this spin-off was thought about but never came about and um, I knew Billy had enjoyed her time working with us at Big Finish on the 10th Doctor Adventures and I thought it would be lovely to get her back and give her her own series. So there wasn't a big spaceship over London a couple of years ago? At Christmas, everybody up on roofs. I don't know what you're talking about. Or a spaceship crashing into Big Ben. Or shop window dummies coming to life. Please, I don't know what you're doing, but it's not funny. You should go home. Not bother people. Go home. Yeah. That might not be such a bad idea. Russell was very encouraging, as always, and um, we had really great email conversations about it. And... uh, he was very keen for it to happen. He said, let's get it underway. So um, myself and Matt Fitton had four writers storylining it. I'm Matt Fitton and I script edited and wrote episode four of uh, Rose Tyler, The Dimension Canon. We looked at the possibilities of doing a, an Earth Defence style of story and then eventually settled on this kind of prequel to series four and um, Partners in Crime and uh, Stolen Earth and have Rose jumping through the dimensions on her way to try and find the Doctor. Because with that premise, then we get to work with these brilliant actors over and over again through the stories. It's all or none at all. And until you say yes, I'm not switching my travel disc on. Rose, listen. You only have a couple of hours left. Do you really want to die there? No. But that's up to you. Yeah, love that. Thank you. Perfect. So Helen Goldwyn, first day of recording, we've just done half a day's work on episode one. How's it going so far? Well, we were just saying how everybody's fallen back into their old dynamic as a a family. I mean, obviously it's been a long time since they've been in those roles and yet it feels incredibly fresh and they're really excited to see each other and and loads of chat and, and catching up and sharing pictures of kids (laughs) and uh, yeah it's absolutely lovely my name is billy piper and i play rose tyler i'm the daughter you never had what's that supposed to mean in another earth you and pete stay together you got married had a baby that baby was me so when i came here and told jackie i thought you were my daughter i was right 
Yeah. No hiding the obvious. I really love how normal Rose is, and yet really sort of extraordinary. She lived a very sort of average, well, you know, just a normal average life. But she is incredibly curious and um, has an enormous capacity for love and empathy and she's really spirited. She's kind of extraordinary. It's a really intriguing concept that you can go and meet yourself and meet different versions and tweaked versions of yourself and some worlds where you didn't even come into existence because of that butterfly effect. You know, your parents didn't meet because a car was parked over the drive that day. You know, it's a... It's incredibly complex and and intriguing, I think. It's nice to come back knowing Russell is behind it and driving new drama for Rose and her family. And so that felt particularly special. I'm Camille Kajuri and I play Jackie Tyler. Oh, oh, come on, I'll freeze to death out here for for old time's sake. For old time's sake? I should leave you out there. Jackie, please, you can't! But it seems I'm running an open house. Well, come in if you're coming. I think we're all a bit well behaved today, aren't we? We are quieter, we're taking it all in. There's an undercurrent of tones of sadness, and but tones also of um, how things might have been or could be. So they're always quite emoting, aren't they? And Yeah, we're well behaved today. David Richardson mentioned this series to me quite a long time ago. And then we just had to do so much kind of organisation around celebrity availability because all these guys are so busy and so in demand for obvious reasons, and Billy in particular. And so the fact that we managed to get them into the studio at the same time is quite a miracle. I know that David spent hours and hours toing and froing with agents and emails and things. And uh, and obviously my availability, because I do other work in between this and I'm working on other big finish projects and, and things. So you have to be very adaptable to kind of fit around celebrity availability. But luckily we were all able to do that. And, uh, and, it, and we were recording quite a bit earlier than I thought we would be <laughs> over the school half term. So yeah, it's, uh, it's been quite a different experience in that respect. These feel more domestic and more about family values and um, time past and, I don't know, re-establishing relationships and bad blood and, you know, it just feels more emotionally driven in that sense, which is when I personally love Doctor Who the most. Sean Dingwall and I play Pete Tyler. We can't send anyone else through without risking dimensional collapse, so remember, this is strictly a solo mission. Once you're through, you're on your own. Yeah, lovely. Thank you. I could really feel that then. There's a sort of sense of humanity with him. I think that was the sort of key for me. And also there's a sort of vulnerability about him. Um, A huge vulnerability, actually, which you can't really... You can't play. You just have to be aware that it's there and uh, and sort of play each moment as it comes. And... Obviously, there's the sort of sense of humour. I liked that, and his his kind of um, his kind of eagerness, I think, as well. I think I uh, saw him last at his um, wedding, and then literally visiting a friend a couple of weeks ago, bumped into him on a zebra crossing, and then we literally saw one another a few days later because we were doing these together, the the audios together. So 
the universe was definitely delivering then, wasn't it, as well? It's so bonkers. Well, always good to see Camille. I see Camille more often than I see Sean. But to be with them together was great. We had a real laugh, as we always do. And as always, it just feels like we have never parted. Establishing interface. Big finish. We love stories. You said the planet is doomed. 70 years before lights out on humanity and there's nothing you can do about it. That's what this is, isn't it, love? Awake for the end of the world. Rock and roll, that was great, wasn't it? And if you want to order uh, Rose Tyler, the, the Dimension Canon, then just go to bigfinish.com, uh, the website, that is, and type in Rose Tyler, uh, do the little colon bit, uh, the Dimension Canon, uh, and you will find it indeed. Yeah. Uh, probably, but also, um, yeah. Sorry, what were you going to say? No, I was just reading the out-of-date bit of text there. Well, don't read that. <laughs> So there's been a script mess up, folks. Um, there, <laughs> uh, you could also just type in the Dimension Canon, I swear, or Dimension Canon. I bet that would get you there. Or yeah. Rose Tyler, maybe, as well. Or Rose Tyler, that wouldn't necessarily get you there. It probably yeah. would. It would get you... I'm boring myself. Uh, time now to get 25% off a randomly selected big finish release as we activate the Randomized Selectatron. Please, Katie... Comes the word. Cold Fusion, Doctor Who. Oh, Cold Fusion. There you go. Released um, December 2016. Written by Lance Parkin and starring Peter Davison and Sylvester McCoy. Two doctors for the price of one. Madness says madness. Let's hear the trailer. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Doctor Who. Novel adaptation. Who's there? Good afternoon. Lovely weather. Looks like it might snow later. Cold fusion. Shall we explore? Life here is harsh. Resources are scarce. I thought they'd be civilized in the future. Target acquired. Thanks to the Scientifica, this planet was one of the most harmonious in the Empire. Yet they need a peacekeeping force. You found yourself in the middle of a serious security incident. You nearly collapsed. A time disturbance. It was like being caught in a hurricane. We wish to probe other dimensional states, to tap into dimensional energy. My friends and I have been on this planet for six weeks, trying to discover exactly why the adjudicators are massing their forces here and what the Scientifica is working on. How can I help? That's a ray-shielded door. What's behind that? A recent arrival. Classified research. Heavy security for a science project. Someone here has been manipulating events ever since we arrived. I don't recognize this man. Oh. Hello, Adric. It's a big machine. It's got to be at least a kilometer high. Completely embedded in rock. Hello there! Don't worry, I'm the doctor. No. No, you aren't. Chief Scientist. Something's moving in there. Enhanced audio. What is it? What is it, Chief Scientist? Big finish. We love stories. There you go. You can read the next bit. I don't want to. I'm just going to sit here. <laughs> oh. 
just being jocular <laughs> uh, and uh, to get 25% off this release just go to the bigfinish.com website uh, look up this podcast and in text you'll find a link to the offer all you have to do is type in the top secret code word buck up all capital letters no space between the uck and the up uh, all one word uh, and no dashes or any squiggles or anything no punctuation uh, just honest to goodness big letters big Buck crisps oh, yes. lots of uh, nice crisps right then uh, time for us to say goodbye goodbye uh, we'll be back next week with a whole bonanza of stuff for you uh, more emails of course sent to big finish no <laughs> sent it's written in front of me Podcast at bigfinish.com. Podcast at bigfinish.com. Podcast at bigfinish.com. Plug, 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 plug. Willy, willy, willy. <laughs> my cat's at my window now. Um, and we'll be teasing you with Space 1999 <gasps> Breakaway behind the scenes with the Fifth Doctor Adventure Tartarus and another burst uh, of good old randomoid Selectatron. Oh. But in the meantime, it's bye from me. And it's a big goodbye from me. And while we're gone, why not entertain yourselves by listening to this exclusive 15-minute drama tease of the upcoming Bernice Summerfield release, Buried Memories, and a story entitled Pride of the Lampion. Of all the places we could have gone, a whole new universe to explore, and you bring me to a car boot sale. It's far more than that, and you know it. The bazaar of Claron 55. Always wanted to come here. But you know how it is, between digs and students and running away from monsters bent on world domination. Oh, you have my deepest sympathy. Where do you find the time? And you said I could pick. So here we are, and here we are staying. You never know. You might actually enjoy yourself. Oh, some of you are the TARDIS. What about her? What if someone tries to sell her? We can't risk it. I'll go back and wait with her while you shop. Or better still, we can both go back. Uh, relax, Doctor. The TARDIS is in a designated parking zone. I tipped one of the valets to keep an eye on her. Well, you really have planned this well, haven't you? You bet. Finished? I can't remember if I shut the door properly. You did. I watched you do it. I don't know if I left the handbrake on. Now, this looks interesting. Trinkets? Am I going to have to give you a shelf for pottery, dogs? Oh, you never know. Some of it looks, uh, promising. Oh, Condreddy chess pieces, my foot. And if that's anything other than a Woodsworth novelty bottle opener, I'm Charlie's aunt. Really? Is Madame looking for anything special, like Gareth's Gigors? Oh, just browsing, thanks. Oh, if you had a pair, they'd be worth something, and it's a shame about that chip. Oh, the lady certainly has a fine eye. Does she? We have some exquisite terraleptal silverware. Do you, though? Oh, what's this? Summerfield, you're not going to make the find of your career in a bric-a-brac store. This figurine? Uh, tell me about it. Oh, a very singular piece. A lone survivor of the Empire of the... Uh, Lampians. <laughs> Never heard of them. No, oh, lost civilization. Did you just make that up whilst looking at that lamp over there? The thought. This is the last relic of the forgotten empire of the Lampians, a fearsome race which ruled the galaxy thousands of years ago with a ruthless grip and an iron will. Hmm. Now put it back, Summerfield. No. 
No, there's something about this. The Lampion. That's tugging at the back of my mind. We'll take it. Oh, come on, it's worthless. Doctor, we're going to find out what this object is and where it came from. Ridiculous amount of effort. You wanted to buy a hat stand. Well, I needed a new one. Now the TARDIS is back to normal. Almost. Almost back to normal. Right then. Where next? Hmm? Oh, you choose. I think I'll start taking a proper look at this figurine. I'll run some data searches, see if there's anything that could be of similar origin. Just junk, Summerfield. I'm not so sure. I've got a feeling about it. No, all right then. Just don't complain if you don't like where we land next. Promise. The Lampion. No, thought not. The index file says there's no such people as the Lampion. Right, let's have a look at you. Field notes relating to figurine of unknown date and origin purchased at the Claren 55 Antiquities Bazaar. Artifact approximately 30 centimetres tall, red clay stoneware, evenly fired, no scorch marks. Smooth texture, guessing handmade, lightweight, presumably hollow, depicts indistinct biped. Actually, now I look closer, I can see traces of pigment on limbs and what I'm assuming is the face. Who were you? What? Oh, that's my connection to the Azanir Pottery Archive. I'm cross-checking with their catalogue as it may throw up any other items with similarities in material and style. It's a long shot, but a starting point. Where to start, though? Mustn't leave any stone unturned. L-A-M-P-I-A-N. Lampion. (laughs) Funny if that brings anything up. Keyword match one result. What? Lampion ware bowl, red clay with votive inscription circa 12th dynasty, Vale of Crom. But that's extraordinary. Doctor! Doctor! 
Now, Summerfield, you can't complain before we land. Forest Prime, lovely spot, or it was in my universe. Unique gravitational field that allowed rivers to run uphill. Yeah, Doctor, we need to make a detour. Oh, be fair, I did offer you first pick. I'll happily go, I swear, but first we need to stop at the Azanir Archive. And what's that? Central repository for archaeological pottery. You want to put off levitating rivers for a repository for shattered tiles and broken pots? It's not just broken pots, it's... Did you say levitating rivers? Well, I might be exaggerating. My figurine. There's a match in the Azanir catalogue. Yeah, really? I typed Lampion into the search function, not expecting to find anything, of course. But an item did come up. A bowl. Unearthed in the Vale of Crom over 70 years ago. The Vale of Crom? Anyway, I need to see this bowl for myself. If it really is the same, there may be some notes with it from the dig. More about the Lampion. Or we could go back to the bazaar, ask the man you brought it from and find out what he knows. Doctor, please. I really think my expertise is worth more than the word of some salesman. Can you just accept, look, j- just for once, that I know what I'm talking about and do as I say? You really think you found something? I do. Very well. <sighs> Doctor, I... No, it's too late. We're landing. Shush my time machine. Who are you? What are you doing here? Ah, the two questions that are music to my soul. I am the doctor, and this Professor Summerfield, and this is my assistant, the doctor. Assistant? Uh, Forgive the unorthodox manner of our arrival, but the Vice-Chancellor of the new Braxiatel collection insisted we come at once. Um... Uh, You did (sighs) get the message we were coming? No. I'm sorry. Uh, Reception must have forgotten to pass it on. They're always doing that. (laughs) Don't mention it. It's fine. Uh, Now, we need to consult your catalogue. It's my colleague's day off, and we don't usually accept researchers when there's just the one of us. I keep asking the chair for the third archivist to cover. Cutbacks. Oh, tell me about it. Long-term viability and fiscal forecasts. As if 7th century ptarmigan ware cares about that. As if. If you don't mind. Our inquiry, it's rather urgent. Yes. Sorry. Archivist Droller, how can I help? There's an item in your collection. A bowl. A Lampian ware bowl. Uh, what? Lampian ware? From the Vale of Crom. I have never heard of that. Don't worry, you're not alone. I'm sorry. I mean, it is not one of our items. I know every artefact this archive holds, and we don't have any Lampian ware. You can't know every artefact, surely. Every artefact, Professor. I believe her, Summerfield. So do I. Thing is, I found it listed in your catalogue. Do you have a reference? Oh, here. It's on this data pad. Hmm. Well, this is our numbering system. But I don't recognise the image. Could be a glitch. Glitch? Is there any way of checking? Easily. We still keep the paper catalogue, and paper doesn't glitch. Not ordinarily, I grant you. Right, so if we find the relevant volume, we'll find what it should say. 
If you follow me, Professor, the catalogue rooms this way. Oh, good Coming, Doctor? No, I'll leave this to the experts. Actually, I'll stay behind and investigate the books, if I may. I had to jettison most of the TARDIS library, unfortunately, and I'm starting to pine for a set of well-stocked shelves. Yeah, suit yourself. I thought this was just broken tiles and pots. I'm sure you'll find something useful. Books are always useful. Volume 2835. Can't we wait for the film? I think you'll be waiting a while. Sorry. Can I ask? Professor Bernice Summerfield? Uh, yes, that's me. Oh, I thought so. Your treatise on pre-colonial Martian cremation sites. Groundbreaking work. (laughs) Thank you. You must be one of the ten people I know to have read it who wasn't one of my students. Really set the cat amongst the pigeons. (laughs) And that so-called rebuttal in the Society's Journal. (laughs) Yes, accepted wisdom states that ice warriors did not practice cremation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I might be onto something bigger here. A real eyebrow razor. Oh? The clay figurine I found was definitely ancient. And though the provenance the seller gave it was murky at best, there's the match in your catalogue. You say it's a computer glitch. Maybe, but I think there's more to it than that. I'm sorry to disappoint you, Professor. Really, I am. But I've worked in the Athenir archive for over ten years and I have never heard of Lampionware. But... Uh, One of our remote volunteers may have made a mistake in their cataloguing. Or maybe someone's hacked the electronic record for a prank. Oh. We've had that happen too. Maybe this traitor... You know, just to muddy the waters. Him? He didn't know what he had, that's all. But that's how the best discoveries are made. The Rosetta Stone? The British found one of Napoleon's generals had been using it as As a a coffee coffee table. table. (laughs) Yes. Well, there'll be an explanation. Item 6580, Gamma 9. Oh. What? It's here. Your bowl's here. Let me see. Red clay lampionware. You said there was no such thing. There shouldn't be. Wait, what are these entries below? They're, they're labelled as lampionware too. That's not possible. I need to see those pieces. Books are always useful, even if you don't know what for yet. Hmm. Some simple studies in canopic vessels. No, a bit too racy for me. Oh, hello. What's this? A history of the Lampians. Some evidence for a lost era. Well... How very convenient. They all look... well... The same style as my figurine. I don't understand. 
That style, it's... It's unique, isn't it? The way the sharp angles carry over from the statues to the bowls. Whoever the Lampian were, they had a coherent aesthetic. Isn't there something sinister about them? I'm not one to impose labels on an unknown culture, but... Yes, definitely sinister. Right, that's the scanner booted up. If we put your figurine and the bowl and the other shirts on the plate, the scanner should be able to do a comparative analysis. Here you go. Is that the 3000 model? The 3012. Nice. Oh, you still here? Yeah. Hmm. Well, in that case, you've been listening to a big finished production. Now, don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. (laughs) When you said he's still here, I thought you were talking to me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, of course I am.